welcome to the Block Podcast. I am Chris Wells. And I'm Carolyn Winner. We are emotionally focused therapists. And we are here to be curious about the blocks in your relationships. And to learn to see those blocks as opportunities to connect. Welcome to the Block Podcast. Where we talk about opportunities to connect. Wow, that does sound really weird, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> um, my name is Chris Wells, and I'm here with... Carolyn Winner. And we are here to do just that. Talk about um, blocks that prevent us from connecting and, you know, you know how those present opportunities for us to, to connect in relationship. Yeah, it's a different way of looking at it, right? Mm. The, the, the things that get in the way of our connection with each other or with ourselves are actually moments where there is an opportunity to connect. Mm, They just don't seem that way. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to, to recognize those sometimes and to recognize them in ourselves, you know, when we are blocked, when we're doing things that are preventing connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Like you said, because it doesn't always look like a block Mm -hmm. necessarily. And so, nonetheless, though, we want this podcast to be about uh, exploring that, exploring blocks, looking at ourselves and our relationships with curiosity. Yeah. Curiosity. Yeah. Good word. Yeah. I know. We love that word. Mm -hmm. So that we don't miss or waste those opportunities to come closer to each other, and we really... I mean, I don't think we can come closer to each other without also coming close to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Intimacy with ourselves, intimacy with others. Right. Right. Sure. Um, so maybe it's helpful for people listening to know a little bit about us and kind of where we where we came from, like how this how this kind of came to be, like where mm. did this block podcast come from? So <clears throat> Yeah, that is a good idea. So Chris and I have been colleagues. For the last couple of years, teaching workshops for couples. Uh, our workshop is called Created for Connection, which is through uh, an organization of emotionally focused therapists. We are also now branching out to offering Hold Me Tight workshops, same focus for couples. And in those workshops, we, we come alongside couples to understand the ways that uh, their connection is struggling and how to improve their relationship. And as a part of that, we share a lot about ourselves when we teach. Yeah. And we share a lot of really, you know, really personal stuff in there. Um, and I think at least for me, you know, the reason why I'm here, and there's some deeply personal stuff to that, like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, this is, you know, being a being a therapist is a is a second career for me. This is something that um, I was in a different career for seventeen years and struggled with my own mental health and with my marriage. You know, to the point where, like, me and my wife were on the verge of divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, we were struggling really bad, and um, you know, through a lot of not really understanding that I was doing, you know, this thing because we're going to talk a lot about emotionally focused therapy and. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that is, and not really understanding that that's kind of 
what I was doing then, um, but brought a lot of healing to to my marriage. And um, through through that and through just really getting down to the nitty gritty and getting vulnerable with um, with with other guys, with my wife, with just with myself and learning how to how to really truly connect with people um, really gave me a passion for like, I need to show this to other people. I need to show other people how to do this and, and not necessarily show them how to do that, but like walk, walk through it with them. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I just, and I just really got a passion for doing that. This was actually he, being here was a, was a, was a spiritual calling for me. Um, you know, this is my, my, the story of my marriage being healed is intertwined with my story of my own my own faith and my own coming to coming to know coming to know Jesus. Um and not that that's what this podcast is going to be about, but that's my, you know, my story and you know it was part of my my personal healing, but it gave me a passion for helping others and I feel like I was called to and led into doing this. So mm-hmm. um and then <clears throat> went back to school, got a degree, started working, you know, met met Carolyn and we started doing these workshops. I really started digging and learning about EFT, emotionally focused therapy, and and I was like, God, this is this is exactly what was going on in my life. This is how things were were being healed. So, um, yeah, and I just had a passion for it. I, I found that you know it was something that was way out of my comfort zone. I'm a really introverted person, sitting down in an office and talking to people was not what I ever saw myself doing. Doing a podcast is not ever what I saw myself doing. <laughs> But nonetheless, I was called to do this, so here I am. Um, so, how about you, Carolyn? What it's what so brought you into funny this? Funny that uh, you know, just listening to your story, which I've heard you know before, but hearing you share it in this way, it's like we really do offer such different experiences, right? So, just at the end there, where you said I'm an introvert, I never saw myself talking to people. I mean, I grew up getting in trouble almost every day at school because I could not stop talking. (laughs) Um, I had a desire to be a marriage and family therapist, which is not my licensure. But since I was 11 years old, I thought that's what I want to do. And for a long while, I discounted that interest in myself or the interest that I had. And I didn't fully pursue a different career, but I, I sort of did. I was in graduate school for a degree in social psychology where I was interested in studying relationships, romantic relationships, but I was going down the road of academia, so research and teaching. And I really loved what I was learning, but what was missing was the direct contact with people. Um, And so I, through a really difficult conversation with my mentor, but a really I'm really grateful for that now to have had that decided to become a therapist and I, you know, maintained my interest in relationships and now, uh, am just loving the work that we're doing together. I have such a passion for the workshops that we do to have the opportunity to share the, the science of connection, which kind of speaks to where I was in my first, um, graduate school experience with social psychology and, you know, really coming alongside people and walking them through that. And like, but our similarities are, this speaks to my life. Um, I am divorced. I have had, you know, one dating relationship since my divorce. I had several dating relationships before then. 
And so kind of like you're saying, Chris, I intimately know what it's like to struggle in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also intimately know what it's like to find joy and peace and um, just warm contentment in relationship. And like, who doesn't want more of that? And so, um, so yeah, so I've, I've kind of always had a passion for people and, and romantic connection, but also just, just, uh, what platonic Mm. connection. Right. And as I get older, I realize that that relationship with myself and how I see myself and how I treat myself is the foundation for everything else. I mean, it sounds so cliche. We try Mm. to share this with people when they're younger and it just, I, I didn't sink in for me until more recently. So, um, so yeah, I, I came to EFT, which felt like it was the marriage of, you know, the science of connection with the, uh, therapeutic approach to walking people through that. And I'm now a certified EFT therapist, which you will be very shortly, we know, and a, um, a supervisor in training, helping other therapists learn this model that I am absolutely obsessed with. And is kind of the basis of what we're going to be sharing. Yeah. <clears throat> I think we've kind of talked around it a little bit, but we, we probably also need to kind of talk about what emotionally focused therapy is like, why, why that's important to, to this podcast. Mm. And, um, and then maybe talk about like, we've, we talked about blocks, but like, what is a block? Yeah. You know, I think that's, I think that's going to be helpful to kind of let people know what this is about. So, right. So emotionally focused therapy is a model of therapy. um, And I'm going to share, like I share with clients in my office. And I got this breakdown from Kelly Burke, who's an EFT therapist and supervisor. uh, and, And I break it down in three parts. So first, like the name implies, it is emotionally focused. And that's really challenging because we kind of live in a world that says that emotions are irrational and illogical, and we need to set them aside in order to have success, right? In life, in relationships, in business, excuse me. And, you know, it's, it's difficult because emotions tell us how to show up, how to respond. And so we, we actually can't go away from our emotion, um, but this, uh, this model really says, let's tune in to what emotion is coming up in your body and listen to what it's telling you. It doesn't mean we run with everything that we feel. Um, and in fact, when we tune in and we understand what we're feeling, uh, that might give rise to new information. Mm. So we kind of ignore it to our peril. So this model really aims to change what we feel by exploring what we feel. We call uh, we say that emotions are both the target of change and the agent of change. Um, the second part is that this model is rooted in attachment, um, attachment theory, actually, which was developed by John Bowlby and expanded by other researchers um, from the parent-child connection to the adult uh, romantic and platonic connection. And attachment is basically the science of how we bond and, uh, you know, how we influence each other. And that influence of each other can take on some patterned 
ways. And what we'll focus on, and I think you'll share a little bit about Chris, is that that pattern can really keep us from connecting, even though our heart's desire and the the motivation behind the moves that we make is to come closer together. Um, and then the last part is that emotionally focused therapy or the EFT model is experiential. And so, you know, knowledge is really important for change, but it's not where change happens. Mm-hmm. And so in our offices, in the workshops, um, and just, you know, all throughout life, as we grow, we we know that we grow through experiences, right? These episodic moments where we are tuning into ourself, sharing ourself with our partner, experiencing them tune into us and, you know, start the whole thing all over again when our partner tunes into themselves and shares themselves with us and we tune into them. Um, That is where change occurs. And most people who come to our offices or our workshops are wanting change. Um, and I don't know any person that would say, I'm done growing. I don't want any more for my life, right? So whether it's change or whether it's just continuing to grow, um, in a nutshell, that's the EFT model. Yeah, and it sounded a lot at the end. You you kind of described in like a really positive outcome where we really kind of get in tune with each other. Um, you know, and a lot of times, you know, in relationship, you know, when we when we don't really understand, you know, the the language of emotions and the um <clears throat> you know why they why they impact us so much and you know understanding the the ability to kind of share what's going on and really have that you know those needs that come up from emotions met um you know we don't really we don't know how to get there sometimes it's not it doesn't seem logical to us with the way we've been you know people have been socialized around emotion so um you know we talk a lot about the negative cycles that we get into as um you know, in in a in a marriage and in, in a couple relationship and friend relationships, mm-hmm. we get into these into these negative cycles where these emotions come up for us and we have responses and we affect our partner. So, you know, we learn the strategies for how we deal with that. You know, a lot of times I tell people, you know, we learn these strategies for, you know, for when we feel disconnected and for when um, we have emotional dysregulation, like when we don't know what to do with our emotions. Mm-hmm. We have different strategies that we that we use that will then affect our partners, you know, in relationship, um, because they don't really understand what, you know, the moves that we're making in response to that strategy. Um, but like from the time we are, we're infants, we're, when we're born, we don't have language to describe what's going on inside us. Um, you know, we are, we feel, still feel those emotions. That's, that's how babies know when to cry. You know, they, they feel something, they know something's going on, whether they're, whether they're hungry or they're scared or, um, you know, they, they have a dirty diaper, they feel uncomfortable, you know, mm-hmm. whatever the emotion that's coming up in them is, they don't have the words to express that. They just cry. And that's kind of like what we do when we're older. We just cry out when we, when we have emotions we don't know what to do with. But, you know, from that, from that early stage, you know, our caregivers, our parents, moms, dads, you know, whoever's taking care of you, you, know, you kind of learn, okay, those people are going to meet my needs. They're safe. Um, you know, and sometimes that gets reinforced and, you know, we have, you know, a relatively healthy relationship with emotional needs and we can express them and they're met and, you know, we, we feel regulated, we feel good, we feel confident. Sometimes, you know, crap happens, you mm-hmm. know, and we, those, those needs don't get responded to well, whether it's from, from parents or whether it's from, 
you know, friends that we, we encounter, whether it's from other romantic relationships. And then, you know, we, we kind of get into these negative cycles where we develop a strategy for when we have emotions that we can't do anything with. We have emotional needs we can't do anything with that other people aren't there to help us. They're either, you know, too scary to take them to, um, or, you know, it's just not safe to, to bring them up. Or we've been told, you know, you shouldn't have emotions, you know, and then we have different strategies on how we, how we handle that. And, um, and those can sometimes be interpreted, they send the wrong message a lot of times, you know, and the, you know, maybe it's, you know, when, when I get scared, I kind of pull away and I pull into a shell and that maybe sends a message that, you know, I don't care about whatever's going on. Um, when that's not really what's, what's actually going on. So we get into these negative cycles, they affect us, they affect our partners. And then we just kind of go around and around and around. And we just don't know how to get off that train sometimes. So hopefully through, through this podcast, we can kind of unravel some of that mystery and kind of shed some light on some of those things and, and really show, you know, when it's good to get curious about what's going on when those messages are not really clear. And like, how do we, how do we figure this out? How do we, how do we trudge through this? Yeah. So that negative cycle in and of itself, we could consider a block, right? And you put really good words to what that, how that negative cycle is born. We, we have these experiences where our reach for people is successful and that is reinforcing. We have these experiences where our reach for people to help meet our needs is not successful. And that Mm. is also reinforcing. And so, like you said, that leaves us with a little conundrum about what do I do with my needs? What needs are uh, going to be tended to and then therefore deemed by me to be acceptable? Mm. And what needs are not going to be seen as acceptable based on those experiences? And so... I think that is the birthplace of blocks also, but a block can be um, those moments of fear. They can be, um, blocks can be just things that we have a challenge with. Like we were talking about different episodes and different topics and things like, you know, um, receiving from people, receiving Mm. affection, receiving support. We can have ideas based on what has and hasn't been acceptable uh, about how much of that is uh, we can receive. And um, all of those experiences add up to a sense of ourselves, and we kind of operate within that sense of ourself. And that, that sense of self can also set up where we block connection and where we move with it kind of freely. Um, do we want to keep going with more examples of blocks? I'm trying to kind of give a general, but yeah. and maybe... just it, it, I think it's helpful because I think that can be <clears throat> a really cons- conspicuous, inconspicuous, don't know the right word. Mm. Block can be something I think that a lot of people might not understand, you know, what mm-hmm. we're talking about when we say a block. So, you know, those in the kind of like, there's things that just prevent us from, from connection. Mm-hmm. There's things that, that stop us from, from reaching out when mm-hmm. we need something that um, that just stop us in our tracks when our partner says something that hurts our feelings, you know, and they don't even realize that they've they've done it mm-hmm. or something that scares us from moving forward. Um, things that just keep us stuck. Yeah. 
you know, it comes to mind for me too, as you say that, is that it's also, it blocks can also be these moments where nothing in particular is getting in the way, but maybe we're just not used to communicating as mm. clearly as we could, right? So they, they might be things that we know, they might be things that we don't know, um, but it is, I think, our best way of discovering blocks and moving through them is the word that we said earlier is just to be very curious about what is happening in that moment and how aware of and in tune with, you know, am I with my partner? Um, and so what happens when a block comes up, right? You know, how do people get stuck? Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a good question. Cause it's different for, for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, for me, I would say, you know, a lot of things that come up for me, you know, and this is, I'm, you know, I kind of said earlier, I'm an, I'm an introvert, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I don't like a lot of interaction with people. Um, you know, one-on-one -on -one is, is good, huge crowds. I'll kind of sit back and, you know, hang out on the wall, see, you know, mm -hmm. get a temperature of the, the crowd before I engage with anybody, you know? Um, so, you know, for, for me, you know, that's, I kind of have this feeling that I'm going to say something wrong or mm -hmm. I'm going to do something wrong or, you know, I'm going to, you know, commit a social, um, faux pas. Faux pas. Yeah. There you go. Good word. That's what I was looking for. Um, and then that's going to, you know, embarrass me and I don't want to be embarrassed. I already feel kind of, you know, anxious about being here. So, you know, that would be a block for me interacting with other people. There's a fear that I'm not going to get something right or I'm not going to do something right. Um, like in those moments, I'm not thinking, oh, gosh, you know, I'm afraid I'm going to screw this up and, you know, say the wrong thing. But those emotions are coming up in me because... I've had those experiences before and I've developed that strategy. I'm just not going to engage with this right now because mm. I don't want to feel that fear. That's an unacceptable place for me to go in that moment. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. And, you know, again, we're on different sides here. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, what happens is uh, I am more extroverted, though these are not one and the same, right? The way each of our individual patterns uh, move us based on our experiences of what is acceptable is not directly tied to introversion or extroversion, but they can be related. Um, but I think my concern would be not so much about getting it wrong, but about being included or being let in. And so my pattern tends to move me to engage quite a bit and my fear can be that I'm engaging too much mm. or that I overstep or that I, because uh, I have done that, right? I have asked people to share more than they're comfortable sharing. Um, what, because my pattern says, you know, dig deep, get connected, um, the, the speed and pace with which I uh, engage with somebody might not feel comfortable for them. So a block for me would be that fear of, oh no, you've done it again. You've said too much. You've, you've asked too much. And um, that can really shift my energy and shift my focus. Um, so it's interesting though, because despite my fear 
of being too much. I still engage quite a bit, but asking you about you, not so much sharing about myself. So um, I, in relationships, then can experience blocks around my own vulnerability, Mm. which is kind of tricky because folks who are wired similarly to me, who want to know about people and say, tell me what's going on with you. Tell me about what you feel. We can really believe that we're very in touch with what we feel and what we think about ourselves. But when we get down to a particular level of vulnerability, um, it's just as hard and just as um, just as hard and just as unclear for us. Sorry, I was having an uncomfortable moment over here. I was trying to hold a sneeze in. trying not to laugh while you were doing that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're good. (laughs) It's real life. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think that that kind of works with what, you know, I I think that really helps people understand what blocks are, Mm. you know, and that's, I think that gives us a good, a good jumping off point for the, you know, for the podcast. That's kind of like where, where people can get stuck. You know, that's a good example. I mean, there's probably hundreds, if not thousands or more examples, an infinite number of different ways people can get blocked. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there's some commonalities, you know, we've, we've kind of talked a little bit about, you know, I I tend to be on more of the withdrawing side, you tend to be more on the pursuing side. Mm -hmm. That's something that we'll, we'll talk a lot about, that there's probably a lot of similarities with pursuers and withdrawers as far as the things that block them and how they block them. Mm -hmm. So you know, hopefully we can instill enough curiosity in the people that, that we're, that we're reaching right now to kind of wonder about that with our partners, to really uncover those mysteries of why we do the things that we do Mm -hmm. and get unstuck from where we, from where we are. Yeah. It would require curiosity Mm -hmm. and courage to get unstuck, right? Because we can be curious and not really do anything with what we discover. And even though it can take time or move at a slower pace, um, there is some follow through needed to get unstuck. And, you know, we are blocked for very good reasons. And like you were saying, this is this, these, um, our moves, our patterns are super adaptive So to change them requires a lot of risk. Yes. And at the same time, that risk does reap some rewards in the sense that it gives us, you know, more tools in our toolbox. It gives us a flexibility of approach. And so we have more options available to us. And the end result, or I should say all in the name of um, getting closer to ourselves and to each other. And, you know, it just comes to mind for me, Chris, as we're talking about this, here we are saying our whole MO is to be more connected. And we live in a world that says Mm -hmm. emotions are not rational and not logical, which I ban those words from my (laughs) office. I hate that. But also we live in a world that says you are to be independent. Mm. You You don't need anybody. Don't need anybody. You shouldn't need anybody. And that is really the furthest thing from the truth. One example I've been sharing in my office lately is even driving down the road, you are dependent on the other drivers on the road following traffic laws, right? Or at least within reason. Some of us like to drive faster than others. Um, And when we can't depend on other folks on the road, or when they can't depend on us, really bad things happen. Mm. Um, we we are always dependent on each other to some degree. 
And so it's such a... A lie. Thank you. Simply said, mm-hmm. right? It's such a lie to say you shouldn't need somebody mm. um, because we do. We all do all the time. And what we're really going for is to say, how can we attain dependency that is very effective, uh, live in a world where we can effectively depend on each other? And what we know is that when we can do that, we actually have more um, energy more resiliency at our disposal. If not, we wouldn't even be doing this podcast right now. Right, right, right. (laughs) And, you know, kind of regardless of of the beliefs of the listeners, you know, I I believe that we were created for for connection, you know, to to God and others. Yes. Um, And, you know, if you don't, if you don't, subscribe to any particular religion that's that's okay you know we want to invite everybody into into this i personally believe that we were we have a creator and we were created you know by mm-hmm. god for a connection with him and correction connection to other people um and it's but even if you look past that into into just like earthly science on it look at interpersonal neurobiology mm-hmm. you know we actually have things called mirror neurons in us that when we somebody else has an emotion that's within our vicinity and we pick up on that emotion we feel what they're feeling mm-hmm. um and whenever we can get in tune with that and we can be empathetic to that we can help each other regulate our emotions mm-hmm. and there's science to back that up mm-hmm. so we are created for connection we are meant to be in connection with one another mm-hmm. our bodies are designed for that Yes. Um, and when we are, when we have connection, we have emotion, strong emotional connections. We do. We feel more secure. We feel more, more powerful in our lives. We are more confident. We can just take on more. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Words I hear in my office all the time are, "I'm at ease. Mm-hmm. I'm relaxed." And um, that's a great way to go into whatever your day may hold. Yeah. Um, and so I know you've mentioned faith, Chris. I share the same faith. We both are Christian counselors. And yet we understand that not everyone holds the same spiritual view and or worldview. And so our aim is to be true to ourselves, right? And to speak what, what we know and uh, what we experience but also to invite everyone to the conversation because this is not an exclusive club. Right. Um, this is uh, this model of therapy, attachment science itself, is just about being human. And every person listening, I believe, will be a human, though we would welcome some dogs too. Sure. Yeah. We love dogs. Right. Um, but, you know, so what we mean to say is that it's applicable to everyone. And we would also really love to hear from, you know, folks about some different worldviews to consider. Sure. Um, so that we can really have all voices at the table, uh, because it's really a detriment to ourselves and to each other if we don't invite everyone and really hear from everyone. Yeah. Because it's really, you know, emotionally focused therapy, attachment. It transcends any any religion. Yes. It's a human experience. Yes. You know, and it's it's part of it's part of our lives. It's part of, of who we are. So mm-hmm. um, but it would be it would be a miss to not talk about who we are, you know, as as people too. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Um no, that's that's good. I think we're 
we're at a great place to, you know, maybe, maybe wrap up, you know, this first episode, wow. you know? Yeah, no, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, you know, move, and something that we, you know, I, it just kind of hit me right now. We didn't even mention, but, um, Sue Johnson, you know, the, the creator of emotionally focused therapy. How can we do a whole introduction and not mention Sue Johnson? <laughs> um, but just to pay some homage to her, you know, with, yes. you know, this is, you know, the emotionally focused therapy model is, is from her yes. and it's what we operate in. And it gives us a really good, <clears throat> gives us really good guardrails to, yes to kind of navigate this, this subject. So. Yes. And I'm so glad that you mentioned Sue. Um, yes, she was the co-developer of um, Emotionally Focused Therapy. It was part of her doctoral dissertation. That is a huge thing um, for a, a doctoral dissertation to develop a, a model of therapy. She and her mentor kind of split ways. So it's so good that you say this because hopefully folks get curious and they want to know a little bit more about emotionally focused therapy. And if you just search EFT, you're going to get a lot of results. You're going to get emotion focused therapy, which is uh, Sue's mentor, Les Greenberg's uh, approach to therapy. Uh, people, you get emotional freedom technique, which is a very different um, type of therapy aimed at kind of anxiety reduction. Mm. That's with the tapping, right? Yes, yeah. that's with the tapping. Uh, people will joke with me, do you mean electronic funds transfer? <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. it just depends on um, on your 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 niche and what you're used to using those acronyms for. But we are operating out of Sue's model, Emotionally Focused Therapy. And Sue has written many books. Um, she's written Hold Me Tight, Created for Connection, Love Sense. Um, she's written a children's book recently that has themes of attachment in it. Um, I think the characters' names are Edgar and Eloise, but we can we can figure that out. But yes, yeah, so if you if you search Sue Johnson or emotionally focused therapy, that might if you get if you're curious, you know, and we're gonna expand our topics, but and if you want to know more, that would be a good name yeah. to research. Yeah. And we are so grateful for Sue um, for all the work that she did in developing this model. Yeah. And and this is, you know, working through attachment, working through emotions. It's not a language that we mm. have um that most people are really fluid. understand and are mm -hmm. fluid in. So, you know, if you're struggling in this, it's okay. Mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> you are not alone. Um, and it's okay to, to reach out for, for help navigating this, um, you know, specifically in, in relationship, like emotionally focused therapy is the, the benchmark. It is the, you know, the therapy to use for, you know, for, for marriage therapy, for couples counseling, um, and, you know, individual counseling. I mean, yep. it's, 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 it's good. Yes. Um, and if you need help, you know, seek out a therapist, seek out an emotionally focused therapist, somebody that's trained or certified in emotionally focused therapy. Um, we offer, you know, workshops. We've talked about them a little bit, created for connection and hold me tight. Um, created for connection is a, is a faith incorporated, mm -hmm. um, workshop that deals with, um, you know, emotionally focused therapy and our connections to, to our partners. Hold Me Tight is the same workshop, basically, just without the faith component in it. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we'll have links to, to you know, registrations for that for, for the ones that we offer. Mm -hmm. But, you know, use this as an opportunity to be curious and to, you know, to seek out some some help kind of navigating this and learning this n a new language around emotions and around, you know, what we do with them. 
Yeah. Yeah. You can um, search for an EFT therapist in your area by going to ICEEFT.com. You can search by location. And as Chris said, we're pretty partial to our workshop offerings, um, Hold Me Tight and Created for Connection. They are both EFT-based. One incorporates a Christian spiritual lens and one does not. So we would love to be a part of you learning this new language. Yeah. I think that's a wrap. I think that is a wrap. Be curious. Be curious <laughs> about your blocks. Yeah. If you were feeling stuck or if anything in this episode resonated with you where this is kind of going on in your relationship and you would like some more support through this, um, we've got some resources for you. Yeah, you might want the support of an EFT therapist, and you can find one in your area by going to ICEEFT.com and search by location. Or we would love to have you attend one of our workshops, and we will include registration information in the show notes.